Today's program is brought to you by Juniors. You have not really lived until you've had cheesecake at Juniors. For more information, visit juniorscheesecake.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. course on heritageradionetwork.org. I'm Alexis McLaughlin, here as always with the affable Philip Gilmore. Good morning. Uh, very excited. We have in-house Adam Scott Mazer and Joe Peterson. Adam Scott Mazer is the playwright behind The Tower, the psychedelic tragedy of the Donner Party. And Joe Peterson is an actor in the play, so we're going to talk to them a little bit about the story, the, the play, and cannibalism yeah and uh, you know this is this this show is loosely focused around food so we do, we've justified you being on here because of you know for those of you don't don't know the donor party it's you know some people that ate each other and so yes I'd say it's more than a little loosely based around. <laughs> it's kind of the main focus. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Did I, I learned about the Donner Party in school? Yeah, I did. Growing too. up, history. Well, I knew it from the from the Shining. They talk about it in the Shining. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. I, they, I'm from California. They teach it very early on. I think it's about fourth grade state history. Oh, really? Yeah, they, they inundate you early on with the dark, dark history. Wow. Oh, it was in it was in it was in California. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, right on the edge of California, Truckee. Oh, wow. Amazing. That's why whenever I take like long hikes uh, with friends, I always bring like some of uh, the tastiest you know, friends. Uh, yeah, well, well, no, I, yeah, well, not only that, I always bring you know like you know some you know fine olive oil and some you know uh, some you know some artisanal sea salt and maybe some you know some dried herbs just in case. Your palate is yeah. so refined. I would bring barbecue sauce. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or yeah, even you know like those little miniature bottles of Tabasco. Even you know, I have a whole I have a whole you know lining in my jacket of little. Yeah, I would doodads. bring I'd bring vodka and Frank's. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference between you and me. Yeah. Um, I, I guess. Uh, I guess we'll start with Adam. How? Tell us a little bit about where the inspiration well. for Donner Party. Yeah, right. Why, why would anyone you write a play sick, about this? Sick person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm just uh, well, uh, I mean, I unlike Joe, I really didn't know much about the Donner Party. Actually, um, I just kind of knew that they were this group of frontier pioneers went out west, got trapped, and then ended up eating each other. And I kind of just, uh, you know, that that setup seemed like a cool idea for a play. Um, thought you'd have like you know characters in one place going insane drama voila um <laughs> turns out the story is way more complicated than that uh and it's actually a lot less like crazy cannibals murdering each other than uh than the sort of legend of the donner party would have you believe but um yeah so the the idea was to always do like we said the psychedelic tragedy uh to to have it be sort of surreal because no one really wants to sit around and watch people going uh slowly slowly starving and freezing to <laughs> 
depth for two hours. That's not not a fun night at the theater. Um, so we kind of like explode the minds of the characters and like travel forward and back in time and kind of like try and tell the story in a way that matches the sort of fragmented experience that these people must have been having in this like extraordinarily difficult and uh, and trying situation. Wow. Where, wh- how was the research for the project? Oh, it was a blast. Um, we, uh, well, so, so we worked with, uh, with an American history PhD student, me and the director. And, uh, we, the three of us sort of started by, uh, bringing in a bunch of historical texts and research on cannibalism and just playing around with those with some actors. Um, and then a few months after that, we actually went to Donner Lake, as it's, as it's now called, uh, met with the historical society there and, you know, got a tour of the whole place and kind of experience the atmosphere, which is really strange now because they have on one side of Donner Pass, which is the pass where they got stuck, they were trying to go through there, they now have a huge highway and uh, a huge train uh, track going directly through the place where the Donners couldn't pass. And a cannibal and, and so, a cannibal a theme restaurant? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's actually an there. AMW. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not far, <laughs> far yeah, off. You're there and it's kind of all, you know, Everything is kind of inherently Did you say cannibal. A&W? Yeah, there's an A and W there. God, I haven't been in A and W forever. A and W. So uh, yeah, and so you know, so we kind of like read all the books we could read, and like really just got obsessed with the history of the Donner Party. What, what year? What did it, it was? Eighteen forty-six. So and, they were. And how many were on. in the party? There were about, I think it was eighty-three, eighty-seven. There's the, the numbers reports. Varied. I've heard eighty-one to eighty-seven. Yeah, somewhere around there, and about half of them uh, survived. Ended up surviving. Really? 40, the Forty-five survivors. Yeah. yeah. And then how how long how long were they stuck? They were stuck. Well, well some longer than others. Right, exactly. Uh, so they they got stuck around uh, early November because the the winter came early. They were way behind on their journey. Everyone else, all the other westward emigrants, had already made it over the mm-hmm. pass. Um, they got stuck in early November uh, and were there essentially An snow a blizzard. Yeah, yeah, super early snowstorm in the Sierra Nevadas, and um, they they were there till about February. Most of them. Wow. And then there were sort of the the comedy of errors of relief parties that came to rescue them and then had to be rescued by other relief parties. Wow. That came. It was just, it was a mess. How do relief parties know that they're there because they never made landing? Well, so, yeah, several they're not, reasons. They're not paging people. So, <clears throat> well, so everyone, I mean, it, it was pretty early on in the westward expansion process, so everyone kind of knew that they were the last family groups on the trail. Um, and so, uh, and and uh, so they kind of knew that, like, where where are these people after they didn't get there? In mid in uh, mid November, there were also, there were members of the and of then, the party that that did make it to California that right. had ridden ahead. I was right. just going to say, there's probably you know like and, you know when you have a group of ninety people, there's probably you know a single dude, well, and then a family of ten that you know the Joe, single dude said, "See, ya, I'm going to go ahead." Yeah, Joe, Joe especially has uh, has <clears throat> has some insight as to the other way that they knew they knew that they were stuck. Yeah, I, I don't know how how, how spoiler uh, <clears throat> sensitive you wanted to be eh, for this. I mean, uh, so yeah, I, the one of the characters I play is uh, James Reed, who was exiled from the party uh, uh-huh. for for killing another guy in the party. Uh, Not related to food. Totally unrelated. <laughs> totally unrelated. It was way before, before. they got stuck. Yeah. It was uh, it was an argument over some some oxen in a hill and uh, some what. Uh, some some oxen on a hill. There was yeah. they, they were supposed to be double teaming the oxen. This yeah. one guy got cocky, didn't do it, tangled up the oxen. Yeah. They got into a physical altercation. 
uh, James Reed's wife stepped in and got hit, and he got angry and uh, stabbed the guy. Oh, wow. In a, in a moment of passion. Nice. And uh, then they exiled him, which was, was supposed to essentially be a death sentence. Yeah. Um, they sent him ahead with no food. But yeah. secretly, his daughter and somebody else rode out and gave him some food, so he was... You know, it was, was not easy, but yeah. he was able to make it out to California before they did. Yeah, wow. so he was just kind of sitting there. Well, actually, not just sitting there. He got caught up in the Spanish-American War, or the Mexican-American War, sorry, uh, that was going on at the time. Uh, and had to, like, essentially, he was essentially drafted into that. Meanwhile, the whole time, he knows that his family and the other the other family groups that they were traveling with were just stuck and, yeah. and not arriving. So wow. he's trying to get people together to go back. So he then was the, he, he led the... The second relief party um, to come back and rescue people from Donner Lake. Amazing, yeah, yeah. There were there were there was I think four total relief parties four, if you count the final, right? Which was more like a looting party. Yeah. The last one was. <laughs> um, and then uh, out of the forty people that perished, how many were eaten? Well, that's hard to know. Yes. Um, it's it's hard to know uh, because n- not only only two people were were murdered to be eaten. Um, oh, oh, there were oh. people that were murdered. There were, in fact, oh, two before people. We, before we get in, is there any contention that cannibalism happened? No, it's it's one hundred percent certain. Yeah, okay. there, there's no way that they could have survived without it. Essentially, um, there were members of the party that denied it, and it's possible right. that there were some members that didn't have to eat people to survive. Right. But but many did. Almost certainly. Yeah, yeah, almost all did. So there were really two groups, and this is sort of the story of the play. Um, they, they all got stuck at what is now Donner Lake, and then a, a small group of them, 15 in, in reality, in history, uh, went across the mountains um, in, in like this desperate search for help to try and make it to the fort, just past it. And that was sort of where the worst of the cannibalism occurred. Of those 15, um, eight eight people died, and I think all but one, I think, all but one, all but the first guy that died, were eaten. Wow. Um, and that's where uh, the murders occurred as well. Um, yeah, they had two Native American guides with them. Yeah, that, oh. that actually had come back from the fort, because another guy, Charles Stanton, had read ahead, rode ahead to the fort earlier on, because they knew they were running out of food, came back just in time to get stuck with everyone else in the snowstorm. Wow. And along with him came these two uh, Native American guides. Luis and Salvador, and so uh, and as the snowshoer party, uh, the going across the mountains got just went more and more insane. Eventually, this one guy, William Foster, was like, "Well, let's shoot shoot the Indians. That's clearly the option that we should take." Here. Classic American racism. Yeah, great, well, great, br- you know, great briskets though. Yeah. <laughs> great briskets. <laughs> yeah. Use the whole body. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quintessential corn, story of the American fed. West here. Corn <laughs> Fed. Yeah, right. Um, and maze uh, fed, maze fed. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, maze. And so, yeah, and so, so almost uh, everyone that died on that journey was eaten. Um, and then back at the cabins, it took much longer. You know, they like boiled hides down to make like a glue soup that they ate for several months. Um, and the stories then, of people uh, eating their shoelaces. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Anything that was even remotely edible was eaten. And then they resorted to cannibalism. So most, they think that pretty much everyone there as well. By the end, by the time February came or so, they were all pretty much eating the the frozen corpses that were left behind in the snow. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the more tragic stuff definitely happened on the snowshoer journey. Yeah. Because they took a terribly wrong turn. They were actually very close. 
and then just veered south for they just they thought oh this this looks easier to go over here yeah. but they were actually pretty close yeah. to, to Johnson's Ranch yeah. which was the first settlement in California to get to, get to they before. just kind of missed because it was snowing or they, it was they were they were snowing they were starving they were they were losing their minds yeah. and they mm-hmm. were having a tough time they were they were having trouble walking their their shoes were flaps if anything like like just falling apart. And uh, yeah, some of the darkest stuff, like oh, yeah. stuff that we don't get to in the play. Oh, uh, like Franklin Graves uh, was uh, he was I think he was fifty something. Uh, he was the oldest snowshoer. Uh, he died on Christmas Eve, and his daughter and her new husband were there. And he said, "You, you have to, you have to use me for meat. You must, mm-hmm. you must." And they did. They they actually worked out a system because there were several dead at that point, and they had stopped because they were didn't know where they were going and they were starving. And so they, they worked out a system where no one ate a relative of theirs, but they all got to eat. Mm. And, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. And, and oh, the, I think the, the darkest is about a week later, uh, his daughter, uh, Sarah Fosdick, uh, who was Franklin Graves' daughter, her husband, her newlywed husband, this was essentially their honeymoon. They yeah. got married right before they left. <laughs> he dies next to her at night in, in, while they're sleeping. And uh, she comes out of the mountains, and, and two of the other members were, were like, "Hey, what, what's going?" And she's like, "He died." And they 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 basically just said, can can we eat him? And, <laughs> yeah. and her her line was, "Well, you, you can't hurt him anymore." Yeah. yeah. And so that later that night, they actually literally roasted his heart in front of her at the campfire mm-hmm. and ate it. Oh, but that's kind of a special, I guess. You know. Well, there's a poetry to it, you know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. I had his heart in life, and then I had his heart. In death. <laughs> she, she, did, she did not eat the heart. No. The Fosters yep. ate the heart. <laughs> he, he, he was good in the sack, and he was good on the spit. <laughs> <laughs> the legend of Jake Foster. This is where the, yeah. the show starts getting dark. Yeah. <laughs> it started. When you guys were researching. Um, for for the play. Oh no! Don't don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> when you were researching for, for the play, how many did you people you kill you 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 yes. <laughs> are, are there are there other stories like you know with with cannibalism like this? I, I'm not oh, really yeah. familiar with other instances, other popular, famous you know, survival yeah. historical I was, gonna, I, was gonna, I was gonna I was gonna ask you: Did you guys ever see the movie uh, Keep the River to the Left? No. no, I don't. Oh think my! So. It's the best. It's like this. Uh, it's this like young Jewish kind of Allen Ginsberg type of poet, poet guy from the East Village. He goes down and uh, and and does a like guided tour of the Amazon, and he um he, he it's something happens where he almost dies, and this uh, and this tribe saves him, and he becomes part of the tribe for like for like a few oh, years. Yeah. And uh, two of the things about the tribe that's interesting, they um. They well, first of all, they're cannibals, and the other thing is, is that when you when you uh, when you oddly enough, this guy was homosexual as well, and uh, this is like I guess in the late fifties or early sixties or something, and so this tribe though, you have a wife and and you fall in love with her, and then you then your wife is for you know to have children, but then you also have a male. Uh, a male soulmate that's your that's your true love and huh. and and it's like you know and then you're in a you know homosexual relationship with this soulmate of yours and this guy ends up having one of those and he has this relationship with this guy for a couple of years and then you know I think I guess tries some human meat along the way and then uh, and then but then he gets found and rescued and then so he goes back 
so he goes back to the tribe 40 years later and then his soulmate dude is still alive and you get to see them going like oh my god and like and they're still in love 40 years later oh wow <laughs> it's so amazing it's called keep the river to the left wow and this is, is this based on a, any kind of historical event it's a documentary oh it's a, oh, oh wow is, yeah it's a documentary you wow. actually get wow. to see the guy go back and meet the tribe and they all remember him and everything <laughs> that is quite yeah. a doozy of a story wow. that's a doozy of, and it's a documentary wow. man it's not even a yeah yeah. Fodder, fodder for the next play. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Right? Go do some yeah. research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? What, um, what, what other cannibal so stories? Other, are yeah. There? Well, I mean, there's a ton. There's yeah, a ton. So survival cannibalism is actually pretty common, mostly at sea. Yeah. What's the Ethan Ethan uh-huh. Hawke movie? Uh, like, oh, alive. Reality bites. Yeah, but cannibalism. I mean, part of the point of the play is that cannibalism has has always had a distinctly American can bent to it. Um, and so recently, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, the, uh, like sort of indisputable, indisputable evidence came out that the settlers at Jamestown were cannibals. Oh, wow. Um, because early on in the, in the early colonies uh, in, uh, in Virginia, uh, there just wouldn't, there just wasn't enough food. They just didn't have enough food. So they, you know, John Smith from Pocahontas was definitely eating oh, people shit. all the time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, and so I think part of, part of what the play is about is this, like, this sort of essence of, of American history that, you know, in, in general is sort of like pushed to the side. It's like, oh, the Donner Party is a, is like a, it's a mistake, you know, it's the cautionary tale. But actually cannibalism is, is, is as American as apple pie. How you know? the West was won. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, yeah, you, can, exactly. you can extrapolate like, like the current political climate. Well, yeah, too. I mean, you know, <laughs> cannibalism <laughs> runs deep in this country. It's a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got, I got to give a shout out to this podcast that I've been listening to and it, you know, really so what we're talking about, but have you guys heard Dan, uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History? Yeah, it is the. F- it's literally there's a five. Uh, he does he does like one thing. So like the one I'm listening to now is uh, it's about Genghis Khan, which is actually pronounced Gang- Genghis Khan. It's pronounced okay. Genghis Khan, but uh, it, it's like for the. So he just takes that one guy and it's like five part series, two and a half hours each episode. Oh wow! And I have listened to it over, and I've, I'm probably on like listening to it like probably on my 10th time like oh. it's so in fucking intense but they actually talk about cannibalism the mongols cool. like they ran out of food they would just you know kill somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what was so, their what was their choosing process for that what's that how did they choose who would get eaten um can i tell you like like i don't know how much you know about genghis 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 Khan, not a but ton. like literally they I would saw go that in Marco Polo show <laughs> yeah they, they would they would go in they would go into a town and they would be like and i'm talking like at the time some of the largest cities in the world like two hundred thousand people in china and they'd go in and be like, okay, um, you can, you, we'll, we'll absorb your army. Your army will fight for us. You can keep your land. And, or, or we will rape and murder everybody that you've ever known and everybody in this entire city. And sometimes they would be like, okay, we'll fight for you. And they'd be like, ah, oh, we changed our mind. And then they would just literally burn the city to the ground. And I'm talking about the most <laughs> modern, largest cities in the world. They would go in and just fuck everybody up. That's, yeah. that's, not, wow. a good, that's not a good set of options. Yeah, yeah they, they, they think it's between 30 and 60 million people. Yeah. What? And one, wow. one, I think it's something like one out of 160 people have his blood in him. That. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I like, have heard that. Yeah, yeah. like one in 50 people, something crazy, because he raped so many people personally that it's like he's the one, like he's the 
Alpha and the Omega with the gene pool. <laughs> yeah. That, that's whoa. insane. Good times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but James. if you guys get a chance, man, the, yeah, the, yeah, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Shout out to him, and it's the best. What other topics does he do? Um, he does one. There's everything? one about uh, the Spartans. Uh, there's one about... Uh, you know, I, I haven't. I have to. I have to get his paid one because I'm just on the free iPod or iCast <laughs> oh. podcast thing. So I only have like ten episodes right now. But but know. wait, there's more. Just yeah. nine ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, uh, but it's worth it. He's like, and, and he really, it's really. He goes really deep into the subject. He's like, it's called. It's almost like a. It's almost like a international equivalent. You, you know, the people's history in the United States. How yeah, it's yeah, in. Yeah, you yeah. know how he doesn't. He doesn't. He just objectively there's no opinions here this is what happens so yeah. he really like you know like tells it how it is with and it's not like you know he doesn't get too like specific and grotesque but just objectively this he raped these people you know i like, wonder if he, he has done or will do a donner party one. Oh, that's he interesting love that. oh my god that'd be amazing it's yeah. it's such an insane story there's yeah. there's some great there's some great books out there mm-hmm. yeah. I, I read a couple uh the one I'd, i highly recommend was called uh, the indifferent stars above yeah. and that book focuses on uh this the 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 characters I was talking about earlier, like characters like they're in a play, the people. <laughs> this is a play that we're doing, but uh, it was uh, the, uh, Sarah Fosdick and the, the newlyweds and uh, that the Graves family. Wow. Uh, but you get everybody's story. It's way in depth and it's really interesting. When, when you went out to the lake, Don, mm-hmm. Donner Lake and Donner Pass, and yeah. then, there's a, like a historical society. Is there, uh, I'm not even saying this funny, like, is there like half eaten shoelaces or like there, are there, <laughs> no, are there, is there like, you know, a, you know, a display of actually like anything, like a piece of paper? Or, um, yeah, or like, I mean, know. they have certain artifacts and things. They don't really have a ton that they that they can directly connect yeah. to the cannibalism, yeah. you know. But they did have like um, they had like the rifle that one of the the members of the party used to shoot a bear early yeah. on when they were there. That yeah. provided a lot of food for the for the snowshoer party for a while. And photographs? Right are there any? Um, not they have photographs of some of the people after they arrive because it was a little early for no, photography. No, pol- no Polaroids back then. Uh, yeah, sadly not. <laughs> well, they also have um, uh, Patty Reed's doll. Right? They do have Patty, yeah, Patty. One of Reed's the more doll. touching stories. She was an eight-year-old. She's the daughter of uh, James and uh, Margaret Reed, and they when they the were granddaughter of the guy who killed the guy. Uh, the daughter, daughter, the, oh, daughter. the daughter of yeah. yeah. So uh, when they were in, the, I think in the in the, the the Great Salt Desert, they pretty much ditched most of their stuff, and they told all the kids, "You got to get rid of everything." And she had this little doll that she she slipped into her like sleeve to mm-hmm. hide, so she could always have a a, a toy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it it made it through the whole entire debacle. Mm. And they have the toy, and they sell like yeah. little replicas of the toy. Yeah, yeah. If we, if we were in the eye of the mind of God, we would know that it was some sort of cursed, uh, <laughs> cursed little, like, it was all you the know, bad spirit <laughs> all that actually brought, that caused yeah. all of the, everything this, that happened. This graven image of a person means you will eat people. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, a person inside the person. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess let's go ahead and take a little break, cool. and then we'll, we'll be back to talk more about the play. Awesome. Cool. All right. Let's play a game. If I say three words, let's say Brooklyn classic food. You tell me what comes to mind. I'll give you a second. If the answer wasn't juniors, you lose the game. You can't possibly be a Brooklyn foodie, or a foodie at all for that matter, and not know about juniors. Founded by Harry Rosen in 1950, Junior's landmark restaurant is known as the home of New York's best cheesecake. 
Real talk, you have not fully lived unless you've had Junior's Cheesecake. The original location in Brooklyn on Flatbush Avenue is still thriving, or you can check them out at recent landmark additions in New York's Grand Central Terminal or in the heart of the theater district on Broadway and Times Square. Check out their first restaurant outside of New York at the Fox Tower Hotel at Foxwoods Casino in Connecticut. It's not just cheesecakes. They've got steak, seafood, sandwiches, salad, everything you would possibly need to complete an authentic New York dining experience. Don't be embarrassed next time somebody asks you if you've been to Junior's. Visit juniorscheesecake.com for more information. This is Emily Peterson, host of Sharp and Hot on Heritage Radio Network, and I'd like you to become a member. By giving us some of your hard-earned money, you make this radio station possible. And that means that you have good food content to listen to uh, when you're cooking, when you're cleaning, when you're commuting. And it means that we have a place to come every week and make that content for you. So go to heritageradionetwork.org, click on the little beating heart, show us some love, and have a wonderful holiday season. Welcome back to the main course. I am still Alexis McLaughlin here with Philip Gilmore. Uh, joined with, by Joe Peterson and Adam Scott Mazer. Um, but you know, you know, talking about all this food, you know what I, you know what I could go for right now. What are you hankering for? Some some original New York style cheesecake. But where would you find it? <laughs> my my brother, my brother Alan <laughs> Rosen's got a little shop downtown in Brooklyn called Junior's Cheesecake, and it is the best. Biggie Smalls used to eat there. What else do you need to fucking know? Come on, yeah. And I, I actually, you know, I, I have not, he, he, on the show, when he had him on the show, he was talking about jerk chicken, which jerk chicken is probably, at the end of the day, my favorite food in the world. And he swears that they have the great great jerk chicken there, so I have to go and get some. Yeah, but, you should go check it out. But when, when, so when the, the guy, Alan Rosen, he's literally the you know grandson of the, you know, the Ginger Cheesecake Empire now. He runs oh. the whole show. Um, he, he brought us like five cheesecakes, and we took them next door to Momo's and just slaughtered them and they were so good it was and actually, amazing you know there's, and there's, there's not a competition for being the best guest ever yeah. guys yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying you did not bring us cheesecake we, we forgot to bring the human meat I know, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah exactly <laughs> Um, but that's really cool. We're really excited uh, yeah, after and the show. Yeah, and they're sponsoring the show. Yeah, they became brand new sponsors, yeah. uh, which brings us into, if you've made it this far and you're still listening, yeah. thank you. Uh, and but, you haven't vomited <laughs> from the topic. <laughs> which has been intense. We, yeah. we appreciate you sticking with us. Yeah. Uh, but we'd also like you to consider becoming a member uh, this, this season, which is really easy. You can go to the website. Um, any any bit helps. Uh, Five dollars, ten dollars. We encourage you to become, you know, a hundo. Yeah, a hundred dollars, sixty dollars. G stack mill. Buy a membership whatever. for someone in your family that likes. What a great Christmas present! It is. Great. Yeah, it's yes. like ha- Merry Merry Christmas, yeah. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah, happy Here's Hanukkah. your membership. Yeah, exactly. But it's really cool. There there are benefits. There's a host cookbook. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes access and it goes to supporting the network. And we really, we, we couldn't do it without the support. We have a hundred thousand dollar goal this season 
and we're getting there. Yeah. I, I don't. I I know we're over halfway halfway to the goal. And also for great. the listeners out there that have children, you have spoiled them enough, and they think I know they think <laughs> I think they, I, they think they're going to get the Xbox, so they don't deserve it. They you should you should disappoint them this season and get your child a subscription to Heritage Radio and be a donor, make a donation in their name, show them that this season is about giving and it's not all about them and their selfish needs. So I think you, everybody out there should buy their children. You know, Donate in, in the name of your children. Skip the Xbox. Okay. In, in, the long, in the long run, I feel like they'd appreciate it more. Yes, like, exactly. Tickle me Elmo. Yeah, exactly. Like, the hot yeah, thing yeah, is now. In, 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 in retrospect, it'll make them tougher and they'll yeah. be full of disappointment. They will and say they, will say they hate you them. in the moment. Yeah, but. exactly. Yes. But uh, they'll always appreciate it in retrospect. So super easy. Go to heritageradionetwork.org. Click on the little beating heart in the corner. Phil, I'm calling you out. I don't know if you have re-upped your membership yet. I did. You did? Really? I did. Yeah. I thought I was grandfathered in. No. no? <laughs> I, I buy me. Uh-huh. I buy me, uh-huh. and then I yeah. host the show. I, I, totally separate things. I, oh, should I be? I, I didn't know I was supposed to. I thought... Just either either money or cheesecake. You mean, I thought, you mean that's I, what you're I doing brought, immediately after the show's no, over? No, no. I, or I, from your, I, from I bring your my, my I brought my face to this radio show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so membership... Pledge, over. pledge, pledge, yeah. Thanks, guys, for that. But don't don't stop listening. We're gonna go back and, yes. and talk with uh, Adam and Joe some more about the tower, the psychedelic tragedy of the Donner Party. Um, and I guess I uh, directed a little bit to Joe now because uh, sure. you got in. You you became involved as an actor. Did you and Adam know each other before? Was this uh, no? Actually, he mentioned earlier that they were working with a PhD uh, student uh, in American history who focuses on the Donner Party. It's uh, an old roommate of mine, and she had a birthday, and so all the play people came over because they had started doing workshops. And Adam found out I was an actor and said, "Oh, I just rewrote it. There's a new character. We need to cast it. You should come audition for it." So awesome. it just kind of fell into my lap. <laughs> Did you have a history bent before the play? Because you you speak, you know, like you're really fresh on all these topics and like you enjoy I, that aspect of, of research and learning. Most assuredly, yeah. I, I uh, was, a, was a history minor for a time in college, as I think many people were. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I, it's part of my California heritage, knew about it early on, so it's always been an interesting topic. But I didn't know nearly as much about the Donner Party before uh, joining up with this and doing all the research and and just learning all these dark, dark details. Uh, and it's just fascinating. I mean, how could you not be fascinated by this story, you know? Yeah. You mentioned earlier that hi- historically cannibalism in in like the um, context of, of the survival, the world history, survival, survival cannibalism. cannibalism occurred on ships. Yeah, when there would, there would be shipwrecks and there would be lifeboats, uh, they, would, they would often resort to choosing someone, and there it was, there's there's one of the books talked about how there's it, it varied is as to who if, if whether or not they would be held accountable for these actions at sea. A lot of times they were not because the people kind of understood that. Well, I mean, you you lived and that guy didn't, but if if, if you hadn't eaten him, nobody would have lived. So, yeah. mm-hmm. but there were there were certain instances of of, of uh, persecution of these people that did. This is and I know this is getting a little darken the topic but because you know this this has occurred many times in history is there a tradition on how to treat and prepare <laughs> or i mean there, is there, there any is, like yeah, do's and don'ts because that's an important most, part of food like yeah. eat this part not that part do yeah. this with it most, not that and how do you 
cook something on a lifeboat? Well, they were eating them raw on the, on the boats there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but oh. uh, the most common, they, they talk about the most common uh, method would be to cut off the, the head, the hands, and the feet. We really should have given this episode a little disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> well, because those, those are the... Liz, those... Is, Liz is making appetizing faces in the studio this entire time. Thanks for putting up with us. <laughs> So you remove the, the head, the hands, and the feet in order to, to dehumanize the, the meat that you're going to consume. Mm. Uh, and uh, but but the the vital organs that will spoil first are often eaten first: uh, heart, kidney, liver, brains, um, and then and then you go in on the the leg meat and the arm meat. And the... So I guess you you really just use knowledge of you know e- eating animals yeah basically mm-hmm. and i mean different cultures have sort of different uh different ways of doing it if cannibalism is a part of their culture like in papua new guinea you know you uh, they they're what is the disease called do you remember i um, don't recall the name of the disease where, but where that's a different oh you can yeah yeah there's some weird thing yeah, yeah. Them, i know about this yeah. yeah yeah you can there's like a virus that or a parasite i think that's transmittable only through the brain yeah so. but that's i mean i remember you telling me this uh, one I think it's called brain to mouth disease. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's it's like the human version of uh, of mad cow. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, right. exactly yeah. Uh, but uh, Adam uh, ran down the three different types of cannibalism: the survival cannibalism, ritualistic cannibalism, and psychosexual. Right. This was actually kind of the way we approached. Um, <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the way that we approach sort of cannibalism in general in the play um, is we started by sort of looking at the ways cannibalism occurs, and there are those three, right? So there's survival, people on boats usually. Um, there, yeah, there's psychosexual, which are serial serial killers, Jeffrey Dahmer and all that, and then uh, and then there's ritual, and ritual has been maybe the longest uh, kind of uh, cannibalism. You know, prehistoric people practice this at times. I, um, you know that my Right, right when you were talking about that, that's very interesting. The, the three different types. I was thinking specifically about the play and the Donner Party and the way that you've been talking about it. You know, especially with like you know the, the eating the husband's heart and then all this thing. Like because they're already going crazy. Yeah. And they and and their decision to eat each other kind of is based not only on survival and then and then kind of they're kind of going crazy, but then mm-hmm. also too there's some sort of like beautiful ritualistic thing to it. Absolutely. So it's it's like you're Absolutely. talking about the three in mind thinking like the Donner Party. It's like almost. They're in a specific situation where, like, almost th- all three are kind of involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 kind of the base of the play. Encapsulate, yeah, that in, amazing. Into yeah, amazing. All, all those, that's all those so kind of bubble awesome. up. That's so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Unless we forget to plug the play, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. please, please right. do. <laughs> it's at Here Arts Center in uh, Soho, right off the Spring Street ACE stop. What's mm-hmm. the address? Uh, 145 6th Avenue in Manhattan. Nice. Um, and we run for one more week. Uh, to, we're today at 4 o'clock and then Tuesday through Saturday at 8.30 p.m. And, and give the dates uh, for people catching us uh, at a different time. Dates are, uh, the last day is the 19th of, of December. December. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what date today is really, but what today, what is today? T- we have Monday off basically every day 12th, from now. 13th. Okay. Today's the 13th. So, so the 13th through the 19th with the 14th off is the only non-day. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, how, how big is the theater? How many people do you hold? Um, uh, probably about 60-ish. The show is sort of staged in a really, in a pretty unique way. Um, it's it's environmental, so there are some seats, but you're encouraged to move around. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you know, you're encouraged to get up and get a better view of a scene if it's happening in a 
place where you can't really see. Uh, so we can, you know, we can kind of fit a fair number of people, and then they they just adjust. You know, you're encouraged to not be just sitting in one seat. And how, how long does how long is it? Uh, it's about two hours. About two hours. Yeah. Also. Yeah, and there's no intermission, so if you come, please uh, urinate Pee. beforehand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't come too yeah. drunk like one yeah. of my friends did. <laughs> Stumbling over the set. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people going crazy in the Midwest um, and camping, uh, I met the, I, I knew this guy from the neighborhood, but uh, oh, yeah. we kind of bonded because I went to a, a Doug Stanhope show, and he was hanging out there. You and, and Joe? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. me and Joe. And so uh, I went with Tom, Tom Hathaway, and then uh, he, we ended up seeing him in the after party thing, like they met at the bar, but I, I guess... Uh, yeah, you went. You went camping, right? Yeah, well, yeah. We there was it was an annual uh, camping trip out in uh, Death Valley in California. Yeah, uh, and uh, got involved through a friend of a friend. Met met Doug Stanhope after one of his shows. And yeah, he said, "Hey, you should come on out to the desert." And I went for I think three, four years. Every wow. year it was just amazing, just a, a magical mushroom filled wow. journey. <laughs> and about for, four or five days. For yeah, those uh, of you that don't know Doug Stanhope, he's probably maybe the best living comic in my opinion. Yeah. He's, he's, he's pretty, the, he, he's pretty he's great. awesome. He's so good. Yeah, he's a cult figure. He's, he's a cult figure. <clears throat> he's it's it's like it's he's almost like eating human meat. Not for everybody. <laughs> not he's <laughs> not for everybody. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, got that extra little taste. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speak, speaking of which, uh, uh, the actual taste of I, I just thought of this. The right. actual taste of of human meat is, is said to be a, uh, like a combo between pork and veal. Well, there, there's a few different accounts. We actually did a bunch of research on this yeah. as well. Oh, Issei um, Sagawa. Sagawa, yeah, famous cannibal, still alive, uh, free, not in prison or anything. South American. Uh, uh, no, he says Japanese. he's Japanese. Japanese. He he, oh, okay, he yeah. murdered a woman in Germany, I believe, in the eighties. I think it was, yeah, uh, and uh, and then ate her because he had always had these like cannibalism fetishes, uh, and he so he ate her raw, and he described it as being like uh, like tuna sushi. Um, <laughs> he said it melted in it my melted mouth, in his like, mouth like Chris. raw tuna. Yeah, was, the, is the quote. How is he free? Um, it, crazy legal loopholes is how he's free. <laughs> wow, uh, I love him. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, other people have described it as uh, similar to veal or pork, but it, but a little more. There's something. It, there's like a strange taste to it. They yeah. say, kind of like the texture and feel of pork, but yeah. just a little bit different. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they call it long pork. Is one of the, one oh, of yeah. the old names in, for in, it, in, right? In the scene. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. In the scene. I can't help. I'm like making faces this entire show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, uh, so, uh, so, do, uh, do you have any uh, after this? Are you just going to go sleep for yeah, that's, a few months? That's kind of the plan. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, it's, it's now, been is, an is this your months. is this your first play? No, no. Um, it, my my company, our company, Antimatter Collective, has done. I mean, we've done, I guess, four four or five major productions over the last five years or so. This is the third play I've written for them. Yeah. Um, so I've got ideas for the next for the next one. We'll awesome. see. Um, but yeah, for right now, this is you know this is the project of the year this is the biggest show we've ever done amazing yeah yeah. And, and one more time, where do you find tickets for the show? Tickets for the show, best your best option is just to go to our website, antimattercollective.org. Um, or you can also go to the theater's website, here.org. And that's H-E-A-R? Um, no, H-E-R-E. H-E-R-E. Yeah, here.org or antimattercollective.org. I, both of them have links to the to the ticketing page. Awesome. Everybody go see this. Uh, yeah, I'd recommend getting tickets in advance because as we near the end of the run, all the people that yeah. slacked on it are yeah. going to run. Like them. us, like me and Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Awesome. Thank you guys so much for, for joining us yeah, in the studio. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thank yeah. you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Yeah. appreciate and sharing all of your, your collective <laughs> knowledge, <laughs> history, and research yeah. on this uh, taboo topic. Yeah. I think we need to go back and put a disclaimer in the yeah. show from the start. Yeah. Uh, please don't listen with children. I, I, th- I, think, I know, but you know, I think this is a record for, uh, for, for profanity. I think we had very little profanity. I think... Oh. I think it was a pretty clean show. I wasn't it aware was that I, yeah, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I could fucking swear on this thing. Yeah. Fuck that, man. Found out too late. <laughs> well, well, no, we'll try to make up for it. Though. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much. And go donate today if you haven't yet. And happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Come see the play. Yeah. program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org heritage radio network is a 501c3 non-profit to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening